Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's been a while. Here I am. We got two weeks left, man, and it's been too long. I'm sorry. It's been too long since I've dropped in to say my two cents on the election. I know I do it every other day or more, maybe twice a day on social media, but uh, there's nothing like long-form audio, right? So here we are. I want to just talk about just some of the ways that this has been an election that has it's just been so different than anything we've ever seen before. And you know what? It's likely to be this way forever now. What we're at at this point in this election is it's really a, it's a, it's a, it's an election based on, you know, it's going to be decided on what people think the candidates are thinking and that goes for both Trump and for and for Hillary for Trump it's you know they've had these this leaked audio of him on the bus talking about grabbing pussy and all the women who step forward some of them seem credible some of them don't so nobody really knows what happens but they know what he was thinking because he said it for Hillary it's all the stuff that has been released on WikiLeaks and the Project Veritas video recordings this is all stuff that was done in secret so it's all about what people think. This has never really happened before. And it has nothing to do with policy or politics. Well, I guess you could make the argument that on the Clinton side it does. I've never seen anything like this. WikiLeaks is dropping so much stuff every day. And God bless them for doing it because they're really, you know, they're showing anyone who really wants to know just how corrupt this woman is. I mean, everyone knew it before, but now there's proof you know, they have so much stuff coming out every day that it kind of leads you to believe, like, what are what is she doing that's on the level? What is she doing that's fair? It seems like everything that they're doing is crooked and cheating, you know? That said, I wonder if you could, if you were interested, if you could find one person, like, literally, one person who will tell you that they switched their vote from Hillary to Trump because of because of WikiLeaks. Could you find one person? Now, I know you could find one person. I know you could find thousands of people, actually, who would say that they switched their vote from, you know, they were when they were supporting Bernie Sanders. So, uh, I, I'm sure you could find thousands of Bernie Sanders supporters who would say that they would never support Hillary and they would either vote for Jill Stein, Gary Johnson, or Trump, probably in that order, or write in Bernie Sanders, or just not vote at all. You could find thousands of those people because of the leaks that they did over the uh, what the DNC was doing to rig that election. And they did rig that election. They rigged the debates. They rigged, they rigged the election. There is proof of this. No thinking person disputes it. So there's the thousands of votes. Who knows, maybe millions, but there's certainly thousands of votes that WikiLeaks had an effect on. But did they have any effect on the people who maybe would have voted for Clinton and now are going to vote for Trump? I don't know if you could find one. It's sad, but that's really where we are. I want to just give you a little bit of perspective on this, just from where I live. I live in downtown Manhattan, and 
I will tell you that I don't know. I, I maybe I, I okay. I do know one. I know one Trump supporter in my social circle, but they will not say it out loud in public. I know zero people. I am the only one who will talk about it in per in in, in public, and I have lost friends because of it. Um, I am not really. I'm not really that broken up about it personally, because if you are going to not be my friend anymore because of my political beliefs. And honestly, it's not even political. I support Trump from a cultural perspective. Uh, many of his political positions I don't agree with, but uh, from a cultural perspective, I support him wholeheartedly. I'll talk more about that later. But if you're if you're going to break off a, a, a friendship because of that, well, then it probably wasn't that important to begin with. But then again, maybe it was. I mean, we're seeing this all over the country. There are people who are getting divorces. There are brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins that, that won't talk to each other because of who they're choosing to vote for. Uh, you know, this is pretty much unprecedented, and I know why. What's going on in this election is that the most important person in this election is someone you've probably never heard of. I'm sorry, stand by one sec. Yeah, the most important person in this election that you've probably never heard of is a cognitive psychologist. His name is Dr. Robert Cialdini. Now you can, he, he has, uh, he's an expert in the field of persuasion. Basically getting people to do what you want them to do through the use of language, body, you know, be it written language, verbal language, body language, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I can recommend two books by him that are excellent. One of them is called Influence. That was kind of like his groundbreaking book and a book that was released either just this month or just last month. It's just a brand new book, which is called Presuasion. And if you want to understand how to get people to do what you want just by using regular words in new ways, then I highly recommend those books. Now, as much of a master as Dr. Cialdini is at persuasion, uh, unfortunately, he is working for the Clinton campaign. He also worked for the Obama campaign. He's a Democrat. That's the only bad thing I could say about him because his methods are just so good. I use them all the time now. They work. He is, he's a genius. And he is a real psychologist, a real, a real scientist. Ed, by the way, you'll just call in later, okay? Just call in through the phone line. I don't have time for Skype anymore. Um, so he is working for Hillary's campaign, and it has made a huge difference. Um, he hasn't been working for it the whole time. Uh, you can pretty much pinpoint the day that it started. Uh, the reason why Trump was doing so well is because Trump himself is a master in persuasion. He is trained, and he is probably one of the best that anyone has ever seen. That is how he sliced through, I don't know, it seems like there were 100 people running against them in the Republican primaries. It was probably something closer to 20, 17 or 18, I think. But he sliced through them by paying no money, or very little money, and no TV ads, not doing any of the things that are conventionally done because he is a master persuader. Now, don't get me wrong, I like a lot of what he has to say, but also don't get me wrong, 
Just because I know about persuasion doesn't make me immune to it. I'm aware of that, but it can't be stopped. No matter how smart you are, and no matter how much you know about it, does not make you immune to it. I am not sitting here thinking that I have not been affected by his persuasion. That's why, you know, back when Hillary didn't have Dr. Cialdini working for her, there she had, she had no chance. She would have lost in a landslide. I think Obama probably told her, hey, look up this Cialdini guy who, uh, I mean, this is it's on the record that he used Cialdini in the 2012 election. It's questionable whether or not he used him in 2008. There's no doubt that he used him in 2012 to great effect. And she started using what are almost certainly the tactics and the words and the linguistic kill shots that can only be known by someone who is truly an expert in, in this field. Now, she's good at a lot of things, but she's not good at this. But now she is because she is Dr. Cialdini. So as time went on, you started to see Clinton talking less and less about policy. Before, that's all she ever would think about, or, or all she would ever talk about. God knows what she's thinking about. But people try. Um, she's been using these very advanced persuasion techniques, and I would encourage anyone who wants, without diving into a full book, uh, go to Scott Adams' blog. Scott Adams, you, you may have heard that name. He is the creator of the Dilbert comic uh, though he does not blog about that in his blog, all you got to do for his blog, it's blog.dilbert.com or you can just Google Scott Adams blog and learn a whole lot about what's been happening this election. This is stuff that most people don't know about and it has fascinated me for the past few months. And not only just in terms of this election, that's why I chose to read these books. These books aren't teaching me, they are tangentially teaching me a little bit more about what's going on in this election, but if you really want to know what's going on in the election, read Scott Adams. Dude knows what's up. He knows how this stuff works, and he knows how it's being implemented specifically in this election. So what has what has happened, at least from Hillary's perspective, is she is moving away, as far away really as she can from policy, because if it was all just policy, uh, you know, you know, Trump would be... Trump would be ahead by 50 points in the polls. People like what he has to say. People know, you know, the vast majority of people know that unchecked mass illegal immigration is a bad thing. There should be another way. I'm not saying that everybody wants to build a wall, but everyone knows that if we have laws that are supposed to do something and they're not being enforced, then... It's fundamentally broken. Whether you think the law should be enforced or you think the law should be changed, you, you know what we have now isn't going to be working. So Trump says, we're going to do something different. That resonates with a lot of people. Trump says he's going to lower everyone's ta basically everyone's taxes. That resonates with, well, anyone who pays taxes. I figure that's got to be at least half the country, right? Trump says that the system is broken and and. The media and, and the elites are screwing everyone over. Everyone's always known that. But there's never been someone who's actually come up and said, I'm going to I'm going to break the system. That resonates with anyone who isn't doing as well today as they were eight years ago. And that's most people. 
He's saying all these things. Listen, I don't have a crystal ball. If he gets elected, I don't know what he's going to be able to accomplish and what he's not. But I know what Hillary's going to do. She's got a 30-plus year track record in politics. You know exactly what she's going to do. Namely, more war. I mean, she's already banging the war drums with Russia. And that might have been, you know, just from a persuasion standpoint, from a getting people to to vote for you standpoint, that probably would have been a great idea in the 80s when the, this entire country was anti-Russia. I don't know how many anti-Russia people there are today. I really don't. I don't think it's that many. You know, they, they keep bringing up Russia and people are trying to think, well, when was the last time Russia really did something bad against us? You know, can you, can you think of anything? I mean, I think people generally know that Putin is a monster in various forms, but they can't really think of something bad he's done to America. They can think of a lot of things that other bad people have done to America, and they know that Hillary wants to open the floodgates and let them in by the hundreds of thousands. So, yeah. There is a segment of the population that's always going to say, well, that's racist. I would ask them what race this uh, ban all ban all immigration from radical Islamic states. So I, I'd like you to tell me what race that's against again, but that won't stop them from calling it racist. But I think everybody really knows that, it, you know, however compassionate you really want to be about this, that's fine. But that compassion comes with a price. Yes, I know that the vast majority of people of these people who you let in, yeah, the mass, vast majority are victims largely of our foreign policy. But if you want to let them in, then you have to be okay with some terrorism, some increase in terrorism because of that policy. I don't know how many people are really that charitable. But of course, we're not talking about policy. And we're not talking about facts. Because as anyone knows, who's any good at persuasion? Facts don't matter. They do not matter. Reason does not matter. Humans are irrational almost all the time. And if you think you are immune from that, you're wrong. You're not. It affects everyone. Sure, is it to different degrees? Yeah, different degrees? Yeah, probably. But the most rational human, the human that bases their decisions on facts more than anyone else, is still irrational most of the time. That means me, and that means you. So persuaders like Trump and like Dr. Cialdini have seized upon this. And they work more based on emotion. The strongest emotion that is the, the strongest and most powerful persuasive emotion is, of course, fear. Both sides have used this to great effect. So moving away from then, which I, I can talk about this persuasion angle for hours, but I don't think m many people are familiar with it, so I would say get a primer on Scott Adams' blog, and then from there, 
if you want to learn from the master, yeah, I know you probably don't like him because he's working for Clinton, but his books are the best, and I read them. Dr. Cialdini, read Influence and Persuasion. But like I said, since most people aren't familiar with these persuasion topics, I should just probably move on to talking more about the campaign itself and where it's gone and what we've seen before that we, 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 that what we're seeing now that we've never seen before, we have never seen the results that we have. And these results are, this is only for Trump supporters that if you support Trump, you can lose your job. And many have that if you have a Trump bumper sticker on your car, you will have it keyed or maybe the window smashed, or maybe it's stolen or it lit, lit, lit on fire. We have seen this. Or maybe, even if you just wear a Make America Great Again hat, that you will be attacked by a mob and beaten to a bloody pulp. These are only things that happen to Trump supporters. And the reason why is because the people doing these violent things have been given total moral cover by Hillary and then enormously bolstered by the media. Hillary has pushed this angle. Well, this is mostly the media, but she has certainly planted the seed that Trump is just a total evil, racist, sexist, um, xenophobic monster. The media has morphed that into Trump is literally Hitler. There are people who really believe that. There are people that really believe Donald Trump is the second coming of Adolf Hitler or is just literally Hitler. Do a Google search for Trump is Hitler. You will find thousands of articles written by people who truly believe that he is just as bad as Hitler. You'll probably find people that think it's worse. So let me ask you something. Let's say that you... But let's take Trump and Hillary out of this for a second. It's a totally different election. It's four years from now. Let's say that you really believed. Let's say that there was somebody out there who had a, a, a shot at actually becoming president. And you really believed, as these people do, but, and, but you, in your heart of hearts, really believed that this person was as bad as Hitler. What would you do? Let's make it a little bit less abstract, but totally impossible. Let's say that someone came up to you today and said, hey, listen, I have a time machine. The time machine can only go back to Berlin in 1936. And you can take a gun with you. Now, you can go back in time to 1936 and have the opportunity to kill Adolf Hitler, and that would prevent the Holocaust and World War II and all that, all those things. And then you come back. You push the button and you come back. Now, if given that opportunity, right now, if you were able to go back in time and assassinate Adolf Hitler with no danger to yourself, would you do it? Who wouldn't? So when we have today 
And this is because Cialdini's persuasion is so powerful. When we have today people who really believe that Trump is Hitler and the media and everyone in the establishment is parroting that and giving them total moral cover to do violent acts, whether it be, well, what, you know, you, you could, cons I consider theft to be violent no matter what, even if somebody doesn't get hurt. So whether it be stealing Trump uh, signs off a lawn or defacing, you know, a sign or defacing a car that has a look, beating someone up because they have a hat on any of those things, as well as all the nonviolent stuff like losing friends, people getting divorced, everything else, all of that violence is totally justified by the people who have the largest platforms. They're all in on this. So I see these people doing it, and of course I'm against it, but I understand it. I understand why they're doing it. They're doing it because they think that Trump is literally Hitler, and they know that they can pretty much do anything they want, and there's a very low chance that they'll get, that they'll get in trouble, even if they get caught. You've probably seen those videos. Now, this mostly happens in California, but you've seen those videos. People get the shit kicked out of them right in front of the police, and the police do nothing. They're told to stand down. Who's telling them? You can imagine. There has never been a candidate who has done this before, who has literally taken roughly 40% of the country and said, this is the enemy. Now, she said only half of them are the enemy. That's still tens of millions of people. And how can you really tell the half of them that are deplorable, irredeemable? sexists, racists, not America. How can you tell one from the other? They're wearing the same hat. Better punch them both in the face to be sure, right? Now she says half, the rest of the media says all of them. All of them. This has never happened before. And if she wins, this is the way it will always be. Because you can be sure that the next person who runs, why wouldn't you use a method that works? You know it works. Listen, anyone rich and powerful enough to run for president? Because you got to be rich and powerful, right? No, that's not true. Sanders made a good run and he doesn't have a lot of money. But then again, all you got to do against someone like that is cheat, I guess. So anyone who is looking in the future to do this, that this is what they're going to do. A hundred percent of the time, I'll take it a step further. If Hillary wins, I'm going to tell you right now that there will never be another male president of the United States. Let me say that again. If Hillary wins, there will never be 
another male president of the United States. How do I know that? Because if she wins, we all know what the, what what was the knock. If, if Hillary won, if Hillary wins, what was the knockout blow? The knockout blow was that tape of Trump on the bus saying, you know, he likes to grab pussy. And then I don't know what the number is now. I'm, I assume it's up to a dozen women who have said that that he has done this. Now there's no evidence of it, but when you put the two things together, that's more than enough. So that means. That the thing, the nail in the, the coffin in his campaign, if she wins, was that. That's what it was. So any woman who would run for president in the future, if she's smart, is going to use that. Whether it be in the primaries or, or anything else, or if you really think about it, any state, any, any, any run. It doesn't have to be true. And in many cases, it will be. I don't know if it's if, if it's true for Trump or not. Honestly, I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't believe some of the women, but I don't not believe them all. Some of them seem credible, and I wouldn't be surprised that someone in that position of power with that kind of money who is used to... You have to understand, when people are a billionaire, people flirt with them all the time. Women flirt with men who are billionaires. Men who are straight will flirt with men who are billionaires because they want to get into their good graces. Who doesn't want to have a friend that rich and powerful? And would I be surprised if when you're somebody who almost anyone who comes in contact with you is flirting to you and making what, what would appear to any other human being to be sexual advances, get some cross signals now and then? No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But anyway, back to my point. If this works... Any woman who wants to seek public office will use it because it works. So enjoy Barack Obama. He will be the last male president ever. What that means is that if there are some men out there who weren't even planning on voting, and I'm not saying this is a conscious thought process, but perhaps, and almost certainly is subconscious, they're thinking to themselves, subconsciously, I don't believe that woman. Now, like I said, maybe they're like me. Maybe they believe some of them, and maybe they don't believe some of them. But they at least, all they have to do is not believe one of them. And if they say, you know what? Hillary is pulling this shit. I don't believe that woman. And this is how she's going to win? Fuck that. And there we have a voter where we didn't have one before. Now, don't get me wrong. The strategy has been incredibly effective for her. A lot of women who are on the fence, that did it. It wasn't a policy. It wasn't a position, and it wasn't even a fact. It was just believable enough and certainly, if believable, certainly distasteful enough to say, okay, that's it. That, that's good. I'll vote for Hillary now. You know, I got sidetracked before. I started talking to you about my experience as a, just living in downtown Manhattan and being a Trump supporter, the only Trump supporter out of 
anyone I know in real life who is willing to say so in, in, in public. Um, what's interesting is that in this same area, I've been, I was in this, I've been in the same area for, for 13 or 14 years, same apartment building. I remember back in 2008, there were Obama signs and stickers everywhere. You saw bumper stickers on cars. You saw bumper stickers on on the front doors of people's apartments. You saw signs. You saw you saw stuff in bars and restaurants. It was everywhere. And I remember when he won in 2008, I walked outside and there were people cheering everywhere. You could hear it. You could hear it coming out of their apartments. And you can you you heard the cheers on the street. Enthusiasm. And he saw it again in 2012. Maybe two, maybe a little bit less, but you saw it again. Now, I will tell you that the first Hillary sticker, the first Hillary anything I have seen in this entire election cycle. Now, mind you, this is in total saturation of people who say they are Hillary supporters. 100% saturation besides me, right? That's where I live. I have seen exactly one Hillary sticker, one. And it was for the first time about a week ago. It was either one or two weeks ago. And it was a sticker on a laptop that a woman was using on the subway. And the woman <laughs> confirmed every stereotype. Um, uh, late 50s, extremely obese, short haircut, black rimmed glasses, you know, she's, uh, you know, she, Hey, listen, what can I say? She can, <laughs> she leaves the house looking like this, not, not me, but anyway, that's not, it's not important who it was. It mattered. The, the number matters. It went from Obama stickers as far as the, eye could see everywhere. So much enthusiasm to one. And this is in Hillary support grounds. I would assume, I mean, maybe, I, I would guess maybe Washington, D.C. is a little bit different. But I know what it was like four years ago and eight years ago. I know exactly what it was like. And it's completely the opposite now. Don't get me wrong. I don't see a single Trump thing. And if anyone put one up, I know it would be ripped down instantly. So who would bother to put one up? But I know she has no enthusiasm in a place where there's nobody who would even, nobody except me, who would say out loud that they support Trump in any way. I really wonder, and this is why I, everyone knows that, you know, if there's 20 polls out there, 18 of them show Hillary's ahead, some of them by a little, some of them by a lot, and then you got the two polls that say Trump is even or ahead by a couple points, right? That's where the polls are. I don't think these polls can measure that enthusiasm because I, at least from what I see from these rallies and, and on social media, I mean, this is a movement. This is a movement to give a huge fuck you to a broken machine. 
And it is fucking palpable. What about Hillary? People have an opportunity to go see the next vice president and 50 people show up. Shit, there's more people that show up at a Mike Pence rally than a Hillary Clinton rally. She has no enthusiasm. How does that translate into votes? We don't know yet. We will only know on election day, uh, plus or minus a couple points by her election rigging. Not that the Republicans don't do that. We know that both sides do it. Uh, the only difference is we know that the Democrats are doing it because we have this James O'Keefe guy who's got this ridiculously good uh, Project Veritas. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to see this stuff. Go to go to uh, just Google Project Veritas, V-E-R-I-T-A-S. And man, he is, whew, he's got... He's got some doozies. He went undercover, and uh, they're admitting to it. And, you know, of course it's true. These people have been fired. You know, you don't, they're not going to fire those people. They, they, they circle the wagons. If, if, if it wasn't true, they wouldn't have been fired. It's totally true. But that would be a fact, and facts don't matter. It just has to be totally believable, and it is. It is. I mean, who didn't think? That Clinton was to- totally corrupt. There, I mean, can you can you, could you even find someone who really believes that she isn't up to shenanigans all the time? Find me that person. I want them on the show. So, what will happen with this enthusiasm? I really think that. I mean, these polls. First of all, let's say you're a man. And, you know, your wife's pro-Hillary or whatever, so she's gonna she's definitely voting for Hillary. But for whatever reason, you're not you're not down with it, right? Now, first of all, when the phone rings, and, you know, a lot of these polls are phone polls, so first thing you got to ask yourself is who, who has landlines these days? It's mostly married people, right? Single people have cell phones, married people get a landline. I don't know why, but they, that's how it works. So when someone's likely to call... Who's more likely to pick up? It's more likely to be the wife. But what if the husband does pick up the phone and it's a poll and his wife is there and they start asking him, who are you going to vote for this presidential election? I would say one of two things are likely to happen. Number one, most likely, he's going to hang up the phone and tell his wife it was a telemarketer. So his Trump support does not get recorded. Or on the other hand, if he wants to virtue signal a little in front of his wife, he can tell the pollster how he's going to vote for Hillary when, in fact, he won't. I think there is a shy voter effect. We don't know how big it is. We have some idea. Um, the most recent super important election, or I'm sorry, or well, I guess it was an election, if you think about it, when in June the people of the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union in the Brexit in the uh, Brexit vote. They voted to leave and they and that won and you have to remember like the day of the polls. I mean the day of the vote. The day of the vote the polls said that people were going to choose to rem- to remain in the EU by like 10 points. So how do you account for an almost 12 point swing? Well, way number one, shy voters 
who didn't want to come out, just like all the people who don't want to say that they're Trump voters because it's politically incorrect or they could get beat up or fired or, or, or who knows what else. Combined with the low enthusiasm, we know that in Brexit, you know, the, some of the people who wanted to remain the most were the millennials, and we know they didn't vote. And I live in a young neighborhood. They came out. They voted for Obama. Are they going to come out and vote for Hillary? Nobody really likes her. I mean, some people do, I, I assume. But does she have the enthusiasm? I mean, it, it. Now, I say that, I said before, I asked you before, I said, can you find me one person who has changed their vote from Hillary to Trump because of WikiLeaks? And I challenge you to do that, and you will fail. But one thing that Assange has said, I hope people have heard this, is that these leaks do not stop on November 8th. They will continue. And of course, you know that anything new that he gets is coming out. So I think a lot of people, in the back of their heads, in their, in their subconscious minds, they know that this is going to keep going. Now, if Hillary isn't elected and these leaks keep coming out, I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? She's not president, so who really cares that much? Nobody's going to read them. But if she wins, people will be paying very close attention and basically every day of her presidency will be a new scandal a new corruption. I mean, you could do it every day on all of the scandals and corruptions that she's done for the last 30 years, but why bother going back to that stuff if you've got fun new toys to play with every day? And people know it's going to continue. It's going to keep going and going and going. I think that affects enthusiasm. I think the people who would pick up the phone when it rings and say, yeah, sure, Hillary. I think these things are making an impact. And I think it's hurting her enthusiasm more and more and more. Do I think that Trump is going to win this election? If it was today, I would toss a coin. Give it a couple weeks, which is exactly what we have. I do think he is going to win. I do. I posted something on Facebook uh, the other day. I'm going to play it for you now. It is, from a persuasion perspective, the most effective pro-Trump persuasion I have ever heard from anyone this entire cycle. It is devastatingly powerful, and it's coming from probably the least likely person to put it out there. Now, I don't know the context of this, and frankly, I don't care. It's effective. It's weapons-grade persuasion. So I don't, honestly, I, I'm, I'm sure this has been edited, and I know it's been taken out of context because it was by Michael Moore, and Michael Moore is no Donald Trump fan. He is probably a part of the Hitler is Trump 
group. I know he just did an art. He just did an article. So my buddy actually wrote it for a Rolling Stone, and uh, he said Trump should be treated like a pedophile. So that's really well. All you need to know about Michael Moore and what he thinks about Donald Trump, he's not a fan. But this audio is unbelievable. I have never heard something that grabs every emotion and shows you a way out the way that Michael Moore did. This is a Make America Great Again weapon of mass destruction. Because I know a lot of people in Michigan that are planning to vote for Trump, and um, they're not, uh, they don't necessarily like him that much, and they don't necessarily agree with him. They're not racist and rednecks, or, and they're, they're actually pretty decent people. And so I wanted to sort of, after talking to a number of them, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to write this and Donald Trump came to the Detroit Economic Club and stood there in front of the Ford Motor executives and said, if you close these factories as you're planning to do in Detroit and build them in Mexico, I'm going to put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody's going to buy them. It was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. And it was music to the ears of people in Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the Brexit states. <laughs> you live here in Ohio, you know what I'm talking about. Whether Trump means it or not is kind of irrelevant because he's saying the things to people who are hurting. And it's why every beaten down, nameless, forgotten working stiff who used to be part of what was called the middle class loves Trump. He is the human Molotov cocktail that they've been waiting for. The human hand grenade that they can legally throw into the system that stole their lives from them. And on November 8th, election day, although they've lost their jobs, although they've been foreclosed on by the bank, next came the divorce and now the wife and kids are gone. The car's been repoed. They haven't had a real vacation in years. They're stuck with the shitty Obamacare bronze plan where you can't even get a fucking Percocet. <laughs> They've essentially lost everything they had. The one thing that doesn't cost them a cent and is guaranteed to them by the American Constitution, the right to vote. They might be penniless, they might be homeless, they might be fucked over and fucked up, it doesn't matter. Because it's equalized on that day. A millionaire has the same number of votes as the person without a job. One. And there's more of the former middle class than there are in the millionaire class. So on November 8th, the dispossessed will walk into the voting booth, be handed a ballot, close the curtain and take that lever or felt pen or touchscreen and put a big fucking X in the box by the name of the man who has threatened to upend and overturn the very system that has ruined their lives. Donald J. Trump. They see that the elites 
who ruined their lives hate Trump. Corporate America hates Trump. Wall Street hates Trump. The career politicians hate Trump. The media hates Trump after they loved him and created him and now hate him. Thank you, media. The enemy of my enemy is who I'm voting for on November 8th. Yes, on November 8th, you, Joe Blow, Steve Blow, Bob Blow, Billy Blow, Billy Bob Blow, all the blows get to go and blow up the whole goddamn system because it's your right. Trump's election is going to be the biggest fuck you ever recorded in human history. And it will feel good. Moore's intention in whatever he said before that was most likely chopped up is totally irrelevant. It's only mad. What only matters is what was right there. The single most persuasive four minute speech. If you can believe that was four minutes, then then that, then that go by quick. That's the single most persuasive speech I have heard for Trump. And if you've heard something better, I want to hear it. Let's bring on my buddy, Ed Wolf. Hey, Ed, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, let's just get one more audio check from you. Uh, Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's pretty good. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right. How about yourself? Good. Before we get started, I just, I have to say thank you to Ed because... You know, I've just kind of been in a mode of not doing shows. I don't really know why, but I just haven't been. And Ed called me and said, hey, if you do a show tonight, we can do it about Trump and talk about things. So, uh, you know, the last 40 minutes uh, of me just talking about stuff, if you enjoy that, you really have Ed to thank because I probably wouldn't have done a show unless he called me. So uh, thanks, buddy. No problem. You're doing one next week, right? Yeah, I'll do one next week. Next week is the, the the week before the election for sure. Yeah, so we got two two weeks left. Yeah, I, I read. Uh, actually, I watched a little bit of a front line on the uh, the Clinton machine. I don't know what that doctor's name that you're talking about, but there was a whole front line that talked about all the. Uh, I don't know what the right word for it is. The uh, you know human manipulation that was, that the uh, the campaign was doing. They had it all. You know, it was it was it was so weaponized as you said it. And one of the things that I remember what they said on this frontline thing was that they would send out, you know, robot um, pollings to people. They, they, would, they knew who they were that they wanted to target, and then they would actually have the machine call them up. And then even though they weren't precisely sure, they knew that if they would call them up and ask them to participate in the polling, and, and, you know, and go through the little motion that there was like a five times more chance that if they had that, had that done to them, if they were asked what their opinions were, that they would actually ultimately then go out and vote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, that, nine months later. That's uh yeah, that's a technique that I, I'm not familiar with exactly what you're talking about, but uh, that is something that Dr. Uh, Cialdini goes over in his new book, Presuasion, uh, which is how to 
prime people before you actually persuade them to do what you want. That is persuasion. That's textbook Cialdini. Right. So he, this is definitely going over what the uh, Obama campaign, this is talking about uh, Obama campaign 2012, and they had it all down. And so, yeah, one of the things they did is they would just robot uh, ask people what they thought in the polls. And even though they, were, they were do, did that with a, just a generic Democrat that was on some sort of list, so that's how they would get the vote out was by triggering them to do it by asking them their opinion. Because I, I guess if you look at social psychology, if somebody's asked their opinion, they become more invested in the outcome. And that's how they would get them to go out and vote. It, it was re really scary stuff to hear somebody describing what they were doing because it was complete manipulation, scientific, you know, scientific manipulation. So, well, yep. well, it's, you know, you could look at it as scary. Um, the way I look at it is that everyone is trying to persuade everyone they come in contact with to do what they want. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like the purpose, you know, one of the main purposes of language. It has, everyone has to do it every day. They're, you're going along, living your life. You're trying to persuade people to go along with what you want to do. Um, it just so sure. happens, it just so happens that some people are better at it than others. Yeah, have you ever read the uh, Social Animal by any chance? No. Okay, it's it's by uh, Elliot Aronson, and he was one of the scientists that was involved with the uh, Stanford prison uh, prisoner experiment. Okay. I guess Philip Zimbardo was uh, the main guy, and he was one of his uh, graduate students or something. But it, 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 a lot of stuff is you know cognitive dissonance, and and you know the person's perception that they're good and decent people. Uh, I think is, is what runs the entire world. I think that's, everybody thinks they're a super wonderful person and anything that counters that they have to, uh, explain away somehow, which is, uh, self justification. So that, that's kind of what I think explains just about most all, all of all human interactions. So, uh, cognitive, uh, cognitive dissonance and self justification, I think is what it's, it's determined social psychology. Yep. Kind of agree. So when, when, when yeah, so when they're actually using all of that scientific stuff, um, I mean, for propaganda purposes, it gets pretty concerning. Um, and I don't know if you know that Bruce Nye guy is. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's uh, with uh, not 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 uh, not Bill Nye, but Bruce Nye. He was talking about. Uh, I forgot the well, tell name, well, but, well for those uh, for those who don't, don't those who don't know, tell people who he is. Well. Bruce is, uh, uh, I think he's a uh, an army nurse uh, currently, um, some sort of military nurse, and um, he also is involved with CASA. I think he's on the board of directors of CASA. Uh, so, but he also uh, was talking about uh, Sigmund Freud's uncle, who was this marketing guy out of the United States, who did the whole Virginia Slims, and and, and he did the marketing campaign that. Uh, that made it fashionable for women to uh, to smoke cigarettes to show uh, that that their there's their uh, their their independent spirit is shown to everybody by them smoking. So he he was the guy that was doing that type of manipulation. Uh, I don't know exactly how I got caught off into this side sidetrack here. It's okay, but it, it is concerning to watch. It's concerning to watch people that that spend so much time and energy to manipulate other people. I I just don't like to see it being done. I I know that hot dogs are done, but it's it's the way it's done is so um, 
I don't know, clinical, I guess it might be one way to say it. I mean, the way that they're, they're approaching and going after these large groups of people to manipulate their, their voting, it's, uh, it's kind of scary. I mean, for anybody that likes science fiction like myself, it's, it's 1984 all over again, except uh, it was about 30 years early. Yep. So you wanted to, so, you uh, had some ideas. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I mean, I I haven't lost any friends from supporting uh, Trump, but uh, I I think that there's I don't understand how people can see the news that they're seeing come out about Hillary and that for them to be so unaffected by the implications of it. Oh, I I, mean, I, I know exactly. Was, oh, I know exactly how because it's just it's not new news. I mean, if you pay attention to it and you read it, it is new news every day there's a new scandal a new way that she was cheating all that stuff sure but to them it's just well you know hillary's kind of a corrupt politician that has not been news for many many years so it's just more of the same and it doesn't affect them in any way because they were affected much more by actual real powerful persuasion that donald trump is a literal monster um that was much more effective and that is what got inside their head and it won't it won't change unless there is something equally powerful that comes out against hillary and it's not going to be that she cheated at this or, or or that no it would have to be something on the level of you know the trump tape and the out and the sexual allegations it would have to be on that level for it to do anything and at that point it's questionable if that would work either well, they have it on that level with all the stuff that she's been doing, all, all the different things she's been caught at doing. I mean, you would think that all the that she destroyed Bernie Sanders with a whole orchestrated campaign that got Debbie Washington Schultz to have to resign. You would think that the the there would be some blowback from all the uh, Bernie supporters. Oh there, no, 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 there was. There, just, there, no, 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 the, no question about it. That. That is the one thing that WikiLeaks, like I said before, that was very effective at that. Yes. Did it turn off, you know, people who were Bernie supporters who probably would have voted for Hillary? Did it turn them away from her? Yeah, that actually worked. I, I'm not sure if it's still being taken consideration in the polls, though, because if, if it worked as far as she... The, Bernie Sanders got about 45% of the number of people that voted for Hillary. It might have been 40%. At least 40% of the number of people that voted for Hillary, uh, that, well, if it's 40, he got, he got 80% of her votes in the Democratic Party. I mean, he was pretty close on the popular side. I think he would have won if, if she didn't cheat. You actually think that I, I think it would have been close, but I, I I'm well, uh, uh, well, whether well, she would have won. Well, I'll walk that back a little bit. If she didn't cheat, plus the super delegate situation, then he wins. But there was a super delegate situation before anyway. So I consider the super delegates cheating already. I, I used to make a joke after uh, 2008. I, I was walking around going, uh, <clears> "Yeah, my my vote counts more than you because I'm a super delegate." My, I count for 200,000 of you just because I'm one superdelegate. I was making that joke. But I think the whole superdelegate system is, is corruption. Just It should all go away. But they, it, it actually worked this time. But, but supposedly they said that the whole reason they had superdelegates is in case there was going to be somebody, an outsider, come in and take over the joint, like a Bernie Sanders, it was put in there as a fail-safe so that the party could not be hijacked. 
Um, Seems legit. And I guess it worked this time because they, they, they pushed off Bernie Sanders, which I think if he would have been able to grow organically like he was growing at the beginning, who knows? He could have done better than her. But they, they stamped on him pretty fast. So I think, yeah, I think that's a big problem. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, that uh, Trump now... I, I don't understand how they, they, they were coming after him on all this women stuff. They, they tried to go after him as a racist for a little while, but they had to give up on that pretty fast. I well, mean, I, well, they I, didn't, did they didn't, you? they didn't have to give up on that. It's just that they, it just so happened that they had some palpable real stuff. You know, they had that tape and then they had a dozen women, women that were willing to come forward. So like, why stick with the racist stuff when you can just, you know, it's it's all about getting votes. Like if they had a a similar tape for Trump with uh, black people and you know some black people who were willing to come out and say you know he did these things, they would have gone with that. But they but honestly, there's more you know there's a lot of women. So I mean, this was just a more sensible strategy for them. Yeah, I think those women. I I don't really believe them. Uh, I can't really believe. Them. Of course, I've been groped myself by by men. You know. Sure. I've I've been to a concert before. You know, you go to a concert, you get groped. I mean, all, it, it really depends on the situation, too, because I just don't see him. I, I just don't have a mental image of the guy just going up around and groping people. But if he's at a party and he's shoved up against somebody, maybe, who knows? But your point about, uh, you know, uh, women making appeals to people in power uh, with cash like that, that, that's not lost on me either. So, no, what I think that uh, Trump should be doing is I think he should be uh, going with, uh, with Newt Gingrich. I think that you should make Newt Gingrich the chief staff and uh, just announce that already. I, that's what I think. I'm going to actually try and contact the campaign with that if I can. Well, yeah, you can you can get someone to notice it, uh, whether it be by social media or email. But, um, you know, Gingrich is uh, so I don't I just don't understand what you think Trump is getting out of this, because Gingrich is not having problems right now getting on the news uh, and getting on you know shows for interviews. Um, I suppose it would help a little bit in getting him out there more, but besides the, you know, the 48-hour news cycle splash of, okay, Trump announced his chief of state, I, I don't know what it gets him, really. I think, are you familiar with that red state, those red state things, uh, that, that uh, the red state organization? No. Well, there's, there's something called red state. I guess it's a blogging thing. It's, it's kind of like the the... The KOS blog that used to be popular. I'm not sure if it's still uh, popular. You know the KOS blog? No. Okay, well, they, um, I just lost my train of thought. What does what, 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 what what Gingrich get? What does what saying Gingrich is uh, chief, chief of staff get Trump? I think it gets him back all of the Republicans that haven't been voting. And there's organizations like this redstate.com that have people that are died in the wool Republicans, and they're and, and really what they are is conservatives. So they're they're conservatives. They're from the Rush Limbaugh core, uh, side of the thing, and they're not going to vote for Trump because of for some stupid ass reason that they think that Hillary is somehow better than Trump. So somehow these idiots who are Republicans have not figured out that even Donald Trump is better than Hillary. They can't even win that argument right now. So I think that if Gingrich would come out and say, everybody vote for Trump, I'm going to be the chief of staff, that that could bring 
some of these old people back in. Because I, I really think it's going to be a question of turnout. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if we would have a president, uh, what's his name, uh, who, uh, I'm blanking on his name now, uh, Mitt Romney. We'd have a President Romney now uh, if, uh, I'm blanking left and right now. Right now. Uh, if the same amount of Republicans came out that voted for McCain would have come out in 2012 and voted for uh, Romney, Romney would have won that election. That's what I've been told. That's what I've seen. So it's just a matter of getting out the vote of all the actual Republicans that that are hemming and hawing. And just as, as crazy as the people are that are going to vote for Hillary are as crazy as the people that are Republicans that are, oh, well, I'm not sure if I can really vote for Donald Trump. Because those people are crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think or would like to think that a lot of these people who are, you know, Repu you know, lifelong Republicans who are saying that they won't vote for Trump, I think they're just kind of parking their vote with, you know, Hillary or maybe some of them, even Gary Johnson. Uh, but they're like parking their vote just to outwardly express to Trump that they disagree or disapprove of things that he's proposing or things that he's done or allegedly done. I don't know what they're going to do when they get in the election booth. Now, if they're a true neocon, um, Hillary actually is the better candidate for them because Hillary is in Hillary's like a neocon and a social justice warrior wrapped into one candidate. So they that's bullshit. Well, that's what I, I realize people say that and, and say that I don't. I don't think she's a big neocon at all. I don't. As far as war, I, I as think, far as war is concerned, she certainly is. Eh, I don't. I, I haven't really seen her do that much other than screw things up. Uh, you haven't seen. Haven't, you haven't, haven't seen. seen her, you haven't. You haven't seen her do nation building all across the. I mean, that's that's total neocon stuff. That's. You know what what she did with, you know the the ne neocons were like they're they're super pro war they're super pro intervention they were the reason why the Iraq invasion you know got the votes that it needed to go through I, I think it might have happened anyway but you know they got the votes for it the invasion was fine yeah the invasion was fine the the the, the plan to stay there was the worst part once we we should have won we should have gone in there and been gone after a year i don't know how we screwed up as bad as we screwed up why should up, why we should did. we why should we have gone in there the the whole pretense for going in was that hussein had weapons of mass destruction and he was funding terrorism and supporting terrorism and all those things weren't true so now that we i mean hindsight 2020 but now we know those things aren't true so now that you know those things aren't true why should we have gone in I don't know. Uh, Colin Powell is the person that lied to everybody. Though. That's all I know. Well, yeah, but now, but now I'm saying, but but now I'm saying, you know, all those things were lies. It doesn't matter who told them. Do you still think we should have gone in? If we if we had perfect knowledge, if we had perfect knowledge, no, we probably shouldn't have gone in. Okay. If if we had reasonable knowledge, we should have gone in and then gotten back out. And we didn't, you know, Saddam Hussein was, it was held up for a long period of time. We didn't capture him until months and months later. Right. And then we turned him over to people that, you know, so. No, but I, I am concerned that Trump's not going to win. I am concerned about that. Well, I mean, anyone, I, I, anyone, I, I, anyone who tells you that they know who is going to win, they is someone you shouldn't listen to about anything to do with politics because nobody, nobody knows we've, we have terrible, terrible information I mean, when you when you have you know 
reputable i mean there are reputable polls i'm not talking about you know online twitter polls i'm i'm saying when you have reputable polls that have been good in predicting election outcomes in the past and they are disagreeing with each other we know there's something going on well those polls are, are often very fraudulent uh, i you know i i saw one that they were going through on uh, i don't think you watch very much television but on cable news one of the stations was going through all of the uh, different polls and they went through like, like it's, I think it was CNN and they went through about five or six of these polls and you have to really look to see where, what uh, the plus and minus as far as the margin of error. One of the polls they put up had a plus and minus of 8%. Yeah, that's big. That should be illegal. They shouldn't be able to put a poll with plus and minus 8% on it. It should be at least lower than three, but some of these polls are just, incredibly bad polling yeah but don't you, just, you yeah know, don't they, but, but but don't you think some of the polls that are putting up that they have a plus or minus three are just saying well let's just put plus or minus three who's no there? no it's, it's a straight calculation there's it, a calculation for the population that you're trying to extrapolate from what the sample size has to be to get the plus or minus three so i think to get a plus and minus three you have to do a survey of about uh two thousand people Right. Now, some of these others, some of these ones are plus or minus eight, they collect 200. I mean, I could make, I could just, you know, in one day by my own phone, probably make enough random phone calls to connect with enough people. But one of the protocols is, is that once you, you go and you pick a whole bunch of phone numbers out of a hat, and then you have to keep on, you have to call that phone number until that phone number can't be reached. Right. And you have to do it in certain, it's, it's all straight calculation. So, some of the polls, I'm just saying, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, Hillary's gotten this big jump since the, since the uh, convention or whatever. And if you look at the polling, it's plus or minus eight, which is just useless information. And uh, so th they can spin it that way. So the whole, I can't believe the corruption in the media. It's just, uh, I mean, I have to agree with Donald Trump on that, but uh, I just don't think his messaging has been as effective as it could be. Well, no, I, I mean, I'm the not, uh, every sure the, the entire media is against them, except you know, some of Fox News, not even all of it, but some of it. Um, you never, you never, ever, ever, ever have seen this complete whitewash. I mean, we all know that the press is mostly liberal. I mean, most people who are smart, who are uh, conservative, go into, you know, into business and uh, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And most people who are really smart in, as you know, who are, who are liberal go into the media to try to change the world. So it's not really a surprise that the press is liberal, but we've never seen it like this before. It's never been like this. And it's because, I mean, if you listen to that Michael Moore speech, I mean, what he's saying is true. He, Trump is saying, I want to break the entire establishment. And the media is as big of a cog in the wheel as any. Oh, yeah. And people are thinking that the media, if, if Trump doesn't win, that the media is just going to be destroyed. Um, because I think you were, I think you were probably saying that at the first part of the show. I think that was you. Uh, I'm not sure were if I did, but that? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure if I did or if I didn't, but I believe that. I mean, the, the, the confidence in the media for, you know, regular people is at an all time low. I, I mean, they know, even if they're not following these, these WikiLeaks and these Project Veritas videos and anything else really that closely, they yet I, I have to assume they, they're they're seeing that they're being ignored. 
like they're vastly underreported by the by the media. I mean, you have to see these things, and you know, people are just not they're not trusting it. And it it's so easy to access alternative media. There's so much good stuff on YouTube, um, particularly YouTube, that you can go to, and you have honest people telling the truth. You know, from both sides, you have liberals and conservatives who are being honest, who are not being paid off to state their opinion. So even if you're liberal, I mean, you have you have better choices than turning on your television. True. Uh, by the way, I see people on the phone line. If you're just listening there, that's fine. But if you want to talk, just push one. And if anyone wants to call in, of course they can. It's uh, numbers at the top of the chat, 347-308-8329. You're welcome to call in. Um, so what... Do, what so what is your position? Do you think he's going to win? If you had a bet, if you had a place to bet today. Um, I don't know right now. I don't know. Well, so some of the things that I think should be important, like the, the, that we sold off, excuse me, we sold off uranium to the Russians for the Clinton foundation. You know, you know some of that information. Yeah, I know I mean, about I know about I everything in Clinton Cash, which uh, everyone should watch. Go on YouTube and Google uh, Clinton Cash. But uh, th it, those types of things have proven to not move the needle because, listen, Clinton, Clinton Cash does a very good job of laying out how the uranium thing went out. But even though they do a, a really good job and it's as straightforward as it can be, it's still really complicated to follow. And I think it falls outside of the attention span of most people. I don't think, I again, find me one voter who was pro-Clinton, who was going to vote for Clinton, and learned about the uranium thing, and even read the New York Times article, which was, you know, very good journalism that they did uh, years ago, and 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 or heard the Clinton casualty, whatever it is. Find me one person who switched from Hillary to Trump because they are informed about the uranium uranium deal. You won't find one. But that's what it should be doing. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is it should be doing is it, that information should be going out to Republicans and making Republicans go, you know what? I, I'm not sure about Trump, but I know that I can't do Hillary, so I'm going to vote for Trump. I don't understand where those people are right now because I see the opposite. I, I see stupid Congressman Ryan, you know, the Speaker of the House, going, well, I'm not sure if I can support Trump yet. What the fuck is he going to do? Is he going to go and uh, support Hillary instead? It, it is a binary choice at this point. Even though there's the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, it's still relatively a binary choice. And that argument is even being made. Well, I'll agree with you that it's a binary choice as to who is going to win. But I would not dissuade anyone. I, if someone told me they were, you know, a Gary Johnson, I, I, I've voted for Gary Johnson in the past. Uh, if someone, I've been a libertarian my whole life, I still am, uh, you know, even though he's a shitty candidate, um, that's a different story. Um, we only know he's a shitty candidate this year because nobody paid attention to him before. Anyway, that's not important. So, uh, yes, it's a binary choice as to who's going to win, but it's not a binary choice as to how you want to vote and make your vote count. Because if the libertarian party or the green party, um, gets to 5% in the national polls, in, in, in the I'm in, not the, not the polls in the results, then they get certified by the FCC as what is called a minor party. And as a minor party, 
you are then automatically for the next you're automatically on the ballot in all 50 states and you get um, federal election funding. Uh, these things are big deals because third parties right now have to run a marathon to get, to get to the starting line the Democrats and Republicans start start on. It's it's lunacy. It should be the other way. It's, it's like backwards. It's like a regressive tax almost. No, that's exactly what it is. So if if you're someone who lives in a state like, you know, like if you live in New York or California or Washington, D.C. or Maryland or, you know, you know, any hardcore red state or blue state, I didn't name any red states, but I could. Um, if you're in a state where there is n no question, like New York, there's no question that Hillary is going to is going to win New York. She is going to win New York. Um, you can go out and try to find the most enthusiastic Trump uh, supporter and no one is under any illusion. No one is going to tell you that Trump is going to win New York. It's just not going to happen. So at that point, yeah, you can go out and vote for Trump and that's fine. And if you like him, you should. But if you like what the Libertarians or the Green Party are doing, your vote will actually count if you vote third party. Because if you vote for Trump or Hillary in New York, it's your your vote literally doesn't count because the you know there's no chance it's going to go either way no it's going for hillary but if you vote for a third party your vote is actually counting on a national level so it in that regard it makes a whole lot of sense to vote third party if you live in one of those states at least is it five percent on the on the national level that they can do that or is it five percent of the raw vote or is it five percent something else five percent of the raw vote on the national level Wow. Well, there's just some payoffs there then if it can get that done for sure. Yeah. I mean, Gary Johnson, no, if you believe the polls, um, I haven't checked them for Gary Johnson in a while, but last I saw he was po polling well above 5%. So this is something the liberal yeah, seven or eight or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, now do I, now I, now a couple things. One, do I, one, this is the libertarians have been trying to do this since the seventies and the libertarians have never gotten a, much above 1%, like 1% has been the ceiling for the Libertarian Party forever. No one has has hit even 2% ever. So if you believe the polls, and I really don't have any reason to not believe the polls on what people are saying uh, for voting for, for Gary Johnson, I, I believe the polls, but I, I do think a lot of those people are kind of, are just parking their votes. Um, mostly Trump people who are parking their votes as and saying in the polls, well, I don't like either of them, and they probably don't. They really don't like Trump, and they really don't like Hillary. So they're saying, I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson. Now, what they do when they get in the in the booth, we'll, we'll find out. And I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be 8%. Um, I think it could be 5%, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, you know, there have been times in the past where, yeah, I think the last time Johnson did really well um, in, in the polls. He was probably right around 5% in the polls. But when people got into the booth, he got one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. So that's, I guess, kind of all I had for Trumpy. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't understand how people think he's such a terrible guy in the first place because the guy runs hotels. He builds hotels. He has golf courses. He has resort communities. He wants everybody to come in there. He wants everybody to pay him the cash. He wants them all to have a great time, and he wants them to bring their friends back the next time. 
how is that in, at all related to Nazism? I don't know. I, I don't understand how a, a person that runs a hotel is going to be called, compared uh, to a Nazi. But uh, well, there, I, I can tell you, I, I I can tell you why, and 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 even put on top of all of those facts that you stated, if you put on top of it that no one ever accused him before he decided to run for president, no one ever accused him of being a Nazi or a racist or a sexist or a misogynist or a xenophobe. That, these are things that were never said about Trump, and this is someone who's been in the public life for well over 30 years. So none of these things had ever been said about him until he decided to take on not only the Democratic establishment, but the, the entire establishment. None of these things were ever said, and suddenly he decides to do it, and now everyone is saying it. The reason why those facts don't matter is because facts don't matter. Not from a persuasion standpoint. They don't matter. And the persuasion that has been used is not based on facts. And nor should it, nor should it be, because it's not effective. Facts are not effective. It should be. Whether or not it should be is the, that if you want to say it, they should be, okay. then I will. Uh, then I'll I'll agree with you that I'll agree with you that they that they should be, but that is a two dimensional world, and we do not live in that world. We live in a three dimensional world where facts don't matter, reason does not matter. That is the world we live in. Now, if you want to change that, I don't know how. I don't think you can, but that's not the world we live in. Yeah, it sucks. It just it, it, it just is. So I think uh, I think I've uh, burnt up my colorness. Um, so if you got somebody else to bring on, or uh, you can, I think I'm gonna take my ado here. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, and thanks for calling me earlier and saying, "Hey, let's do a show," because I probably wouldn't have done it without you. And uh, and I'm glad I did. We need one next week. We need one next week, though. I will sure. do. I will do one next week. All right. Thank you. All right, see ya. There he goes, everybody.